Podcasters Unplugged is part of the Edify Podcast Network. In my darkness, set me free. And I hear the Spirit calling me. Hello, this is Pastor Shane Eidelman of Westside Christian Fellowship. Because pastoring can be difficult, challenging, and exhausting, Pastors Unplugged is specifically designed to encourage those in pastoral ministry. I hope you enjoy this episode of Pastors Unplugged. Hello and welcome to another episode of Pastors Unplugged. On this episode of the podcast, Pastor Shane joins Billy Hallowell to discuss the recent controversy surrounding Alistair Begg. We hope that you enjoy this segment of Pastors Unplugged. Should Pastor Alistair Begg be canceled? That is the question a lot of people are asking right now after Begg got himself into some hot water over comments he made about a grandmother. This grandmother was reaching out to him and saying, hey, my grandchild is about to be married to a, quote, transgender person. Should I attend the ceremony? What should I do? He gave his response to that, and we're going to get into that today. We've got Pastor Shane Eidelman from Westside Christian Fellowship out in California. He's going to come on and break down what he thinks about this as a pastor. Lots of issues at play here, and it's become a really big story in the Christian church, and I think the world more broadly is watching this because Alistair Begg, he's a Scottish-born minister. This is a guy who is very traditional um, and, and follows scripture, including on this issue of homosexuality. He takes a traditional view, but when it came to the wedding, he had some things to say that have actually gotten some people pretty upset. It has sparked quite a debate, and Shane Eidelman is going to break it all down. With no further ado, let's welcome Shane to Higher Ground. Shane Eidelman, as always, you have interesting perspectives to share with us, and this is really kind of a fascinating debate that's going on in the church right now over Alistair Begg, you know, well-known author and pastor, and he made some comments in a past podcast um, that have since again gone viral about same-sex wedding ceremonies, and he was addressing whether or not this grandmother should attend a grandson's wedding to somebody who's transgender, and what he had to say about it. Well, first, I, I guess I'll go to you. In, in your view as a pastor, sort of recapping, tell us what he said and how he framed that moral conundrum. Yeah, I was able to listen to what he said, and I was also able to listen to his sermon that just came out uh, addressing it. A um, couple of thoughts come to mind. I actually manage a radio network, too, here in Los Angeles County, and we feature his program on Monday through Friday. Uh, so, you know, I've had to deal with some emails coming in and questions, and um, we've answered this before. I did a YouTube video on my YouTube channel answering it, too. But in a nutshell, his advice was to the grandma that you know do what's unexpected you're if you, you're you're trans i believe it, it was gay possibly gay gay daughter or gay great grand uh, gay granddaughter that's hard to say um uh, was you know she she has this view of christianity she has this view of god and why don't you go and shock her you know show her show her the love of christ get her a present while you're at it you know kind of thing um and i think it was just a podcast months ago um and then of course you know that that hits the uh, social media platforms and it goes viral. Um, and again, I, I don't know how much time we have, but the other issue is he tied in 
during his sermon that, you know, loving your enemy, that that's his view of loving your enemy. And, uh, you know, Jesus ate with with sinners and tax collectors. But to his credit, he said at a different setting, I might have given different advice. And so that's the that's the kind of the the predicament we're in. I think everybody's on edge because of this whole, you know, the gay marriage, LGBTQ agenda. And, Pat, and, and Alistair is very solid. Uh, he is solid on gay marriage. Uh, he's made that very clear before that, you know, it's not according to God's word. So I think a lot of people were just kind of shocked. And I was, I kind of had to listen to it twice. Um, and I've actually had that question numerous times. And what I do is I tell the person, you've got to take it to the Lord and uh, let God guide you. You know, my personal opinion for me is it would be hard to go and celebrate uh, this union of marriage that is so important, especially right now. And to me, that wouldn't be necessarily loving my enemy. I could take him to dinner afterwards or, you know, but for me, but again, he's got maybe different convictions. A pastoral heart is to truly, you know, reach those and love those who are against us. Now, the reason it's so difficult is because what's a gray area for him might be a line in the sand for me, if that makes sense. And so my my what i'm really surprised about is a lot of these what i call modern day pharisees or very legal rigid rigid you know critical cathies judgmental jerry's you know that are just like completely attacking him i think it's okay to say hey you know what wow this kind of caught us off guard let me try to understand your heart okay i don't agree with it but you know that's your pastoral counsel you know but to completely write him off and one radio network removed his broadcast you know it's like talk about throwing the baby out the bathwater. It's yeah. just, it's just really, really sad to see that too. Well, that's, you know, that's the thing here, right? We have a situation. I think the big question at the center of this, and I love that you brought up his, his sermon because obviously he did the podcast a long time ago, back in September that went viral again recently that created the controversy. He then addressed the controversy at his church in a sermon over the weekend, um, said he was not ready to repent over it. He didn't feel like he needed to, and I thought that was interesting. Um, But then you have this big question, right? You have a guy who, by all accounts, who is solid on other issues, including this issue theologically, right? Um, The issue of whether or not homosexuality is moral, according to the Bible. He would agree with every traditionalist on all these issues. And then there's this one question that the grandmother asks, you know, about this wedding. He answers it in a way people don't like. Does someone like that, and and based on what you just said, I know how you're going to answer, but, you know, do we cancel somebody like that? Do we say, oh, this one position or this one response is so bad in our view that this person shouldn't be listened to at all? I mean, is that the right approach to how we should handle these sorts of disagreements? (laughs) Absolutely not. I mean, I'm just glad people aren't following me around all week, you know, because sometimes (laughs) we, 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 and I, I guarantee wishes that podcast had never aired. But what I try to do is look at it from a non-biased attitude. I try to remove the judgmental side of Shane Eidelman. I struggled with this in 2005, and I've been open about this in my sermons. I could pull everyone down. You know, I was just, you know, theologically correct, systematic theology, pneumatology, eschatology. I had it down, but I was arrogant, and I was rigid, and I was hard. And so I think that's a lot of the pushback is coming from those types of people. But I, I, when I listen to, okay, I see what he's saying. Hey, why don't you, I mean, wh- how how incredible would that be for the grandma to walk in, ex- su- show she's supporting her the, her child who's, her grandchild who's embraced this lifestyle, showing the love of God in her heart. 
But for me, I've like, that's not the right spot for me. I, that would be me basically saying, hey, I'm here to support this gay marriage, even though that's not what he's saying. So, so that's why I think we just need to give people a little bit more grace on this topic from his pastoral perspective. And like he said, he might have given different advice to someone else. So, you know, it, it's hard on these situations. You don't know the background. You don't know, would this break the granddaughter? Like, would this really cause her to weep and thank her grandma and maybe lead her closer to the cross? I, you know, I don't know that. Um, and, and a lot of people got upset that he used the, uh, in the prodigal son story, he used the um, brother, the older brother, uh, to kind of, you know, link these together. And of course, the modern day Pharisee would get upset at that. You know, <laughs> I didn't get upset. You know, I don't think he's attacking me or fundamentalism. You know, it's just like, okay, I mean, I don't know if I would have tied that in because the timing and everything, but I see where he's coming from. And that's what he's saying is a lot of people who came against him, the majority aren't coming with the right heart, if that makes sense. They're not filled with love and grace and understanding. Okay, Alistair, I can see why you said this, but, you know, here's my thoughts. Um, and I, I personally don't think he needs to repent because in his heart, in his mind, he believes he was truly helping the granddaughter and Jesus would go to dinner with sinners. And so in his mind, he was, he was trying to make that connection. Uh, although again, I don't quite see it that way. You might've given different advice, but you're not on the side of, I mean, your, your, your radio network, you guys are not going to be removing him. I assume, obviously. No, of course. And, and, the reason I would give, see, here's the thing in, in these types of situations, I don't tell people, here's what you should do. Cause I don't know what God, what about if God is working in their heart to break the grandma and to crush her pride and to get rid of her arrogance? You know, that's why I say you need to take it to the Lord. What is God telling you to do? And this isn't a clear, I mean, for some it is. And again, for me, I, I, I couldn't go and celebrate this. If one of my kids struggle with, I say, we'll pray for you. I love you. I'm always here for you. You know where I stand, but I, I can't go and celebrate what God calls an abomination, you know, and speaking the truth and love. So no, I don't think it's anything to remove him. I mean, how is 20, 30 years, you know, he's, I've listened to him for 25 years. How is, how is 25 years of faithful service going to be canceled after a statement that not everyone agrees with, you know, right. which is it, there is some gray area there. So to me, it really shows the heart of the critic um, as well. And again, I'm not saying you can't critique. I'm sure a lot of people, some, he says some of you know, his pastoral team didn't agree with him. And um, but that's part of ministry, you know, doing things that people don't agree with. But on this issue, because it's so polarizing and we are sick and tired of people mocking God and his word and the sanctity of marriage that, you know, sometimes that 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 uh, righteous indignation comes out. Well, and, and that's something we do have to address here, right? The culture is in such a precarious and difficult place that I think a lot of people are reacting to this because they're looking for moral definitive leadership in every area, right? So when they hear something that doesn't feel to them, whether, and I'm not saying it's not good leadership or it's not, when it feels like it's not, I think people are reacting in a different way than they might have five years ago even. I don't know how you feel about that, but I do think there's a strong reaction because they want somebody to tell them, how do I navigate this? How do I get through this chaos of the culture? And so I think, I think some of that is coming into play in the reactions here. Yeah, exactly. Is and I think because he he told her to go, he told her to buy them a gift. I think that like maybe, um, uh, oh gosh, what do you, what's the even right word? Inflames the topic yeah. even more. 
Yeah. Uh, Cause he could have said the same, he could have said the same things, you know, I, you need to take it to your Lord, talk to your husband, you know, pray about, do you go to it? Do you bring a gift? Is that what God's doing here in your heart? Is he wanting to use that? You know, but, but biblically speaking, it would be hard to go because my dilemma would be, okay, I'm, I'm, you, know, you want to support the unbeliever, but not at the expense of offending God. Right. But where do you, where, where do you draw that line? If I take him to Chili's and people know I'm a pastor, I'm sitting there with two people who are obviously gay. Oh, wait, you, you shouldn't be doing Well, okay. Okay. Can I go to the movie? Like, where do you, where do you draw that line? But I think there is going to always, is, yeah, there's always going to be a pushback. Yeah. Right? I mean, that's the, yeah. the wedding might be different, of course, because of what it signifies, but the point is there's always going to be, you shouldn't even be associating with that person. Right. There are going to be people who say right. that. Always. Well, and also Jesus, you know, Jesus went and had, you know, he ate with the sinners, the tax collectors, the harlots, which is true. But I don't think he went to the harlot's den. I don't think right. he went to the harlot's home and sat around and saw that debauchery, you know. So yeah. I think we because a lot of people are, that are 100 are percent for what Alistair said are, you know, they, they come after me, too. Like, well, Jesus reached people wherever they were. Yeah, but you know, <laughs> he didn't go get. He didn't go get drunk in the bar with them. He didn't go in the prostitute's house. I mean, there there's some boundaries, you know, that have to be established. And I think because it's marriage, it's God's God's or he ordained the government, the family and the marriage. And so I think for a Christian, it would just I mean, I would sit there. I, I would just not feel good about it. But again, we don't know the backstory. We don't know, you know, uh, really what the whole context is. Yeah, well, and and I'll read, you know, before we go, I'll read one more thing here. This is a quote from, and by the way, that gift he was taught, he talked about it being a Bible even, that the grandmother could, I believe, you know, could bring yeah. a nicely wrapped um, Bible with her with a bow on it, you know, and have that as a gift. I thought that was interesting. Yeah. But, but he also said, what happens to homosexual people in my experience is that they are either reviled or they are affirmed. The Christian has to say, we will not treat you in either of those ways. We cannot revile you, but we cannot affirm you. And the reason that we can't revile you is the same reason why we can't affirm you because of the Bible, because of God's love, because of his grace, because of his goodness. And that that statement is interesting because I would think that people on both sides of this would agree with that, right? To a degree, right? They would, they would agree. Like we can't, you know, you don't want to be hating somebody and, but you can't affirm sin. And so that was an interesting statement to me when I saw him say that, because I thought, well, it doesn't really clear up the issue for him, but, but it does sort of capture the difficulty of it. Yeah. What he was saying, I think is, you know, we don't want to affirm and we don't want to um, push away and be mean spirited towards, we want to find that middle ground. So in his, his mind is the middle ground is for that grandma to go and support her um her granddaughter who knows christians don't like her you know they don't support me at all to see my grandma there i mean would it break the only god knows uh, you know and that's why that's why i don't think something like this is cut and dry to where we can come against alistair with you know gu guns blazing this is a yeah. pastoral counseling session a pastoral heart um and hey, why don't you, you know, but again, I, I'm not there. I couldn't do that. But I just think I just don't understand. I mean, there, there's Twitter threads. People are spending eight hours a day on this topic. Guys, when is the last time you won somebody over to the Lord? When is the last time you ministered to the homosexual? When I mean, it's just it's it just what I'm more perplexed about is the the Pharisees that came out because Alistair's not like Andy Stanley, you know, compromising. 
This is right. just, you know, is his view on what the grandma should do. I, I mean, I'm, it, it completely caught me off guard. I didn't think, I didn't think the pushback would be to this degree. Again, I'm saying that as someone who doesn't agree with what he told her. And you're probably going to get pushback for saying it. Let's be honest, right? I mean, that that's how oh, I already have. Yeah, we're in such a yeah. pretzel right now as a, as a culture and within the church. You know, I I do think it becomes unfortunate, and this is again a striking balance when we become more known for what we're against than what we're for. And some of that's the media and the way that these things are presented in social media, right? Um, because I think right, a lot of Christians right. do a great job of of letting people know what we're for. But but I think this division is not always a healthy thing for the world to be seeing. When there's bad theology, it can be discussed. It can be called out. Yeah. Also, are people going lovingly to him to address this? Um, it was interesting that the other radio station that you mentioned, that the network that had pulled him off, I had read, obviously, they they had tried to engage with him and felt that they were not able to sway his team that this was wrong. So that that's interesting. I mean, the whole thing. It's a conundrum, and we'll have to see where where it goes next. Yeah. But but it, let me ask you this before we go: Do these things make you less? Do they make you want to be more careful because you're very vocal too with what you say and how you say it because of the blowback that can so easily come? Boy, that I haven't thought about that. But that is that is a good question. Um, while I'm thinking about it, let me comment real quick too on that radio station. I don't I think they expected him expected him to apologize and repent but you have to when he gives counsel like that when I give counsel like that these things aren't off the cuff these aren't spur of the moment oh gosh what did I, I didn't I reacted instead of responded that's a well thought out thing on his heart so you, to repent is to acknowledge I did something wrong so in his mind he thinks you know that he gave decent counsel so I don't know that radio network probably should have been you know satisfied with the answer um but I don't know. It, if you're filled with the Holy Spirit, love, joy, peace, contentment, gentleness, kindness, th this type of response isn't going to come out of you. Sure, you can be, you can be a little taken back. You can speak the truth in love, and you can say, "Hey, I don't, I don't know. You might want to rethink that." But at the end of the day, where do we end on the side of grace? You yeah. know. Um, and yeah, it will be it will be interesting. I mean, I don't know if all. I'll tone anything down. I mean, because you're kind of convicted of what you, what you say. I was just talking about Romans on all the different sins that people are judged for. And when I got to a certain sin, um, uh, our TikTok live went, went completely off because they're watching, you know, Romans one, it's like unbelievable. So, um, yeah, I mean, I think we do need to be a little bit more careful with how we word things. So I think most of us are going to, um, definitely you know understand that we've got to we've got to word things carefully and i don't blame people for questioning him because i had to rewind it twice and i'm like what okay that's interesting yeah I, wow okay well also well, let me just, see where he's coming from you know well and just to comment on what you said before we go here I, you know i i think it's not just out of fear that people might be more careful with what they're saying it's also out of hey i want to make sure i'm reaching people how do i do that how do i hold on to the truth and do it in a tone and a tenor that makes sure I'm able to get the message out. And that's where we can run into trouble if we're not careful, because it's easy to then go to go light when we shouldn't. Right. But but at the same time, yes. I think making sure that, look, the culture is changing. And as the culture changes, our tone might need to adjust to that to make sure that we can still speak to the culture in an appropriate way. And I think a lot of us need to think through how how we do that and balance that truth and love. And so you do a good job of that, though, honestly. So I always love getting to talk to you and appreciate you taking the time today. 
Yeah, I'm glad glad to help out. I know it's not going to you know be a topic that everyone's uh, on the same page about, and it, it does. I think God allows things like this to happen so we can actually practice what the Scripture says about erring on the side of grace. I mean, if you look at the Bible, it's full of erring on the side of grace, not being judgmental, um, focusing on unity. However, I do understand it's a hot topic. I mean, I'm I'm crystal clear on this topic when I preach. I was taken back by His words. But again, and I try to tell people this on Twitter, the first day it happened, hey guys, why don't we, why don't we give it a little bit of time? Let's see, let's see what his response is. Let me try to understand the background. Like who is the grandma? Who's the grand? Because I, I can tell you no counseling appointment is the same. What I might tell one grandparent is going to be completely different than what I tell another grandparent. Maybe one grandparent is coming across as rigid and mean-spirited and legalistic, and she needs a different advice. Maybe another grandparent is being an enabler. And so you know, I think um, I think just just kind of exposed some cracks in the church armor uh, overall and in many different areas. And also to make sure that we have the full story, even if we walk away with the yes. same perception, right, that we walk away with the same frustration that we have the full story, because if we're to follow Christ and to follow truth, then we need to make sure we have all of that. And I think too often we get swept into the social media craze of reacting before we actually know exactly what we're reacting to. And I'm guilty of that too. So it's convicting. Oh, absolutely. And it, just a closing thought. I could, you know, it depends on how people look at it because I've heard some people say, you know, the the, the wedding already is not of God, right? It's not, I mean, it's, it's just going to be a ceremony for the state. It's not of God. God's not in it. They're not acknowledging God. They're in rebellion. So, for her to go is um, maybe in, in in his mind, it was like, well, it's already, it'd be like me going to, you know, a, a concert with my, uh, my unbelieving uh, friend or, um, you know, who knows? So maybe in his mind, I just, I just know a lot of us with the sanctity of marriage, the holiness of marriage. And um, it, it just didn't, it just didn't um, sit right. You know? Yeah, no, it's uh yeah, and I think you're right. I think those are the complexities here that have to be weighed, but I, I agree with your assessment, and I appreciate you taking the time. Shane Eidelman, you'll be back All right. very soon, I'm sure. <laughs> yes, and they can find the video on my YouTube channel, Shane Eidelman YouTube. I think there's already 7,000 views in a, in a day or two, so a lot of people are chiming in too. Awesome. Yeah, it's a great channel to uh, subscribe to. We'll make sure we put the link in the description. Thanks again. All right, Billy. Good job. See ya. If you need additional support, you can visit my website, shaneidleman.com, where I will also write about many of the topics that we will be discussing. Sermons and free downloads of my books are also available at westsidechristianfellowship.org. That's westsidechristianfellowship.org. This podcast is part of the Edify Podcast Network. Edify is a faith-inspiring app that brings together thousands of the best Christian podcasts in one place for your listening enjoyment. Cut through the noise and grow your faith by diving into the world's top Christian podcasts today. Download the Edify app for free from the App Store or Google Play or by going to edify.app. That's E-D-I-F-I dot app.
El Paseo Publications proudly supports the Westside Christian Fellowship Radio Network. We are committed to quality and Christian publication. Free ebooks can be found at westsidechristianfellowship.org under free ebooks. Books such as What Works for Men and What Works for Young Adults will help readers understand that the obstacles ahead are never greater than God's power to take you through. Books such as What Works When Diets Don't and Feasting and Fasting demonstrate how health can be achieved from a biblical perspective. Other free books such as Answers for a Confused Church and Desperate for More of God show the importance of fully surrendering our lives to Christ. And One Nation Above God is a must-read for anyone concerned about the direction of America. Again, free downloads of these ebooks are available at westsidechristianfellowship.org. We are happy about partnering with the Westside Christian Fellowship Radio Network.